What's up, everyone? Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Space Talk. Uh, this is Athena here speaking. I am your host of Space Talk, uh, but some of you might know me as Astro Athens. So, uh, but it wouldn't be a shocker. Some of you actually don't know what my real name is. Um, but, uh, indeed, I uh, do have a very similar name to what my Instagram is. So what's up? Uh, side note, my little kitten just walked in here and jumped into my beanbag chair, which is probably about 10 times the size of her. And she is looking at me and just looks so cute. Um, and it's literally just being engulfed by, it looks like a giant black hole. And she's like the center of the black hole. And uh, she's, she's just looking at me right now. She knows I'm talking about her. Uh, but anyway, hello. What's up? What's up? Hope you guys are doing well. Hello. I see uh, Kurtavia and Rick and Hector in the chat plus one other. Um, so what's up? Hello. Hello. I uh, hope you guys are doing well. So as we usually do here on Space Talk on our first episode of the week, which is typically Monday at 3 p.m. Central Time, we kick off our different events that are happening in the night sky this week. So I was a little bit behind and I actually just sent out my transmission probably about an hour ago. So those of you who received the weekly transmission, you probably just saw that and was like, oh, we were wondering where that might have been. Um, yes, I actually had a some model duties this weekend. I um, ended up doing a photo shoot for a friend of mine. Uh, she is launching a new jewelry collection. So uh, that occupied most of my time because I had to travel for it. And so um, I, was, I wasn't able to actually uh, finish a transmission this weekend, but no fret because we are, we've been able to in- I think I was able to include basically all the like highlights of things that are happening this week. Um, and we will, of course, chat about that in today's episode. But uh, before we do that, I just want to see where you guys are all listening from. So if you guys want to maybe comment your city or state or country, wherever you are, uh, just to give you a little bit of context to kind of, uh, you know, obviously tie that in with the, the celestial events that we're going to be chatting about today. Um, as also just because I'm kind of curious. So hello, hello. I see uh, Astro KV says conjunction at 4.30 a.m. Is it 4.30 a.m. your time? Because I know last time you were mentioning hopping off the, the call because it was super early your time. So of course, if it's super early, you know, definitely uh, go get some rest but first look at the sky and <laughs> check out some of the constellations and, and, then, and then go get some rest. Um, awesome. We've got, uh, uh, we've got Oregon. We've got Arizona latitude 33.6 right on Hector. Awesome. Good to know that you're coming in strong with the latitude. Um, and that is very helpful, by the way, to know your, uh, position east, west, and north, south, so your longitude, latitude, uh, when it comes to things like observing the night sky. Also important with time zones. And all of that is very valuable because um, a lot of these things that happen in space sometimes will only happen for a very brief moment. And if you miss them, you miss them. If you're looking the wrong way or you're looking at the wrong time, that could actually end up resulting in you missing the entire event. And that's happened to me before. That's happened with meteor showers. Uh, and this was quite a while ago. And I think I've gotten a little bit better with it. Oh, but anyway, so let's jump into this week. So um, I put a lot of emphasis on um, Earth Day, <laughs> which is happening this week in my uh, transmission. Um, so let me just do something real quick. Uh, 
on ISS. I actually grabbed quite a few images here and I wanted to kind of chat about them a little bit. So um, starting with, I guess, yeah, I decided to t take astronomy term of the week and use that. So I, I called it earth science. I chose that term for this week because of Earth Day that is happening on April 22nd. So I included that in our must-see celestial events. I also included it in our space history. And then I kind of wrote, <laughs> if you guys received the email, you'll see, I kind of wrote this really long blurb, um, kind of about sort of my take on um, the Earth Day movement and the uh, recognition, the first day that it was really initiated and it was observed and why it's observed every year and kind of how that applies to uh, Earth science and why it's important to understand more about our planet because, um, you know, I, I don't think I've really ever gotten from anyone saying, well, why are you talking about the Earth when, you know, you talk about space? And I'm like, well, because we're in space or the, we're on a planet. And why would we be studying planets elsewhere and not study our own planet at the same time? And so I think it's extremely, if not more valuable to actually understand more about our own planet because this is the planet in which we reside this is the planet in which birthed life unless you know panspermia is correct and we actually came here from another planet um uh, through some type of meteor impact and we we're tiny little microbes that evolved into what we are today which is a standing theory by the way look it up panspermia um so anyway so i, I decided to sort of just start um, the transmission with uh, this incredible image of an astronaut looking through the cupola on the ISS. She's part of the ISS Ex Expedition 36. It's written on her polo. Um, I actually want to look up her name real quick because I, 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 I need to make sure that I, I get this correct. This is Karen Nyberg. So um, this is really cool. If you don't know about the cupola, it's where a lot of these pictures are taken with all the windows that are on the International Space Station. And uh, there have been so many incredible pictures, I think, taken here of the planet. And I think this is probably the one perspective a lot of us space lovers dream of of having one day. I think a lot of us wish that we could be in this part of the International Space Station looking at our planet. Uh, from space. And I think it's probably a really emotionally moving moment. And so I, I highlighted that as the start of my transmission. And um, then we go into astronomy term, term of the week. So I'm going to start off uh, with earth science. And let me just go ahead and check the chat. Hello, Earth Day. Indeed. Yes, Pingnik. And I was about to check yesterday, but missed. So today, awesome. Astro KV. Alrighty. By the way, if you guys ever want to comment anything or leave any thoughts or questions, feel free to in the chat. And of course, we'll get to it. So Earth science, the study of our planet Earth, the third planet from the sun, terrestrial in nature, habitable for biological life, the very body in space that is the only place known to exist that hosts life. The word Earth is our planet's name in English, but several other languages call it Terra or something similar. This is where we get the term terraform from. This is like when we talk about terraforming Mars. It's literally meaning making Mars more Earth-like in nature. Terra was the Roman goddess of Earth, and the Greek goddess goes by the name of Gaia. You guys probably have heard of Gaia quite a lot as well. Uh, first time I actually heard about it was uh, before I even heard about the Gaia mission. 
which is a an incredible space probe that's been able to image so many stars and their positions just within space in general, like the universe shining out from Earth. And uh, Gaia, I, I first heard about, I was seeing ads everywhere for this thing called Gaia TV. If anyone has ever watched it, can you let, let me know? Because I never actually tuned into it, but I would see these ads everywhere. And it's always kind of been around the context of talking about uh, the potential of life beyond Earth and like, you know, how did humans really evolve and like looking at uh, just ancient Egypt and looking at uh, just ancient times in general of human evolution and then uh, exploring some other things of space. That's that's my context I gathered from it, from the, the commercials I saw for it. Um, but that name is, I think, widely used because uh, it also sounds really, really beautiful. Gaia, Terra, and then we have Earth. Earth. I mean, Earth is, it sounds really pretty, Earth, if you say it that way. But if you say it in like a really emphasized American accent, Earth, it sounds a little like less, less pretty, but that's okay. I also decided to attach a YouTube video of a live and also pre-recorded views of Earth from the International Space Station. And I left a little note there saying, take a moment on Earth Day or any day to watch this and allow yourself to feel anything that comes to you. Show a little appreciation for our Earth in your own way. I like to walk barefoot in a park and enjoy how beautiful the greenery looks with the blue sky. So uh, this might be probably one of the few transmissions I got like quite emotional in and like really wrote, I think, a lot of just my my opinion and perspective rather than this is what you could see. Here you go. It's more like this is what I think. So uh, if you guys take anything from that, I hope that you take away some positivity. Um, ooh, we've got a conjunction from December link in the chat. Oh, that looks so cool, Astro KB. Yes, I remember seeing this because it shows that I've liked this post already. I do remember checking this out. It's a really cool, very thin crescent moon. And is that Venus? Let's see. I wonder, is is that Venus that it's in conjunction with? That looks really cool. Uh, if you guys want to go ahead and check out that link that Astro KV just shared, uh, go ahead and do that. Venus, Jupiter, and Saturn. Oh, hold on now. Let me uh, zoom in a little bit more. I can't quite make out... There we go. Okay, I see it. I see it. It's, right, it's in the, it's in the second, second photo. You're able to see the other... The other dots. That's so rad. I love it. I love seeing uh, photography that you guys take. So please do always share. So some of our must-see celestial events this week, we've got uh, quite a few things. So I'm going to kick it off with April 20th to the 22nd. I was kind of just generating a few different sky charts to see like what kind of what's going on. And the moon is skimming the horizon going from southeast to southwest. This is sitting between the Scorpius constellation and Sagittarius constellation. And this is as they all kind of move together, tracing the ecliptic, which is the sun's apparent path. So this is what we would see when we see the, the sun kind of crossing across the sky. And uh, then also when it's underneath our horizon, the path in which it's crossing. So for those who are in the uh on the opposite hemisphere so that ecliptic goes all the way around our planet but it traces what we would see from our perspective of wherever our position is so of course for me i put in where i'm located so i put in austin texas and it shows the moon tracing across the ecliptic which is pretty cool uh again this is you know Totally optional to go check this. Uh, we are now moving out of the full moon phase. So this weekend was the full pink moon. Uh, it was not pink in color. It, it, most of the names that come from uh, like 
things for naming the moon, like the harvest moon, the strawberry moon. It usually has something to do with uh, farming or nature. And the, the pink moon was associated with uh, springtime. It's also associated with Passover and Easter. Um, and I believe Ramadan is right around the corner as well. And so it's kind of associated with all of this sort of rebirth. Uh, and that's that's kind of the, the sort of, uh, I guess, more spiritual aspect of it. And so it was named the full pink moon, but it will not be pink in the sky. So just a heads up. Most of the time, like I mentioned, the nicknames are just because of it being affiliated with something going on during that time in humanity. Uh, so it's going from the full moon into the last quarter, also called third quarter. So it's getting smaller now, turning into a half moon. And so you can catch this over the span of the week, but from the 20th until the 22nd, around 4 a.m. Central Daylight Time until about sunrise, you can see it crossing from the uh, southeast to the southwest. Um, so enjoy that if you're going to be an early morning riser. And then we've also got uh, a meteor shower on April 21st, the Leonids meteor shower. Um, sorry, the Lyrid. Lyrids, Leonids, very different. That's in a different constellation. This is in the constellation Lyra, so L-Y-R-A, with the bright star Vega. So you guys might know about Vega, maybe either because you've seen it in the sky or because you've watched the movie Contact or read the book Contact. And Vega is uh, supposedly where um, Jodie Foster ends up going to, uh, to, so, uh, to like a planet that's orbiting around Vega, I believe, uh, is where there's another like system that supposedly had come in contact with Earth. So this is on April 21st, and it goes all the way until the 23rd. It peaks the night of the 21st, uh, morning of the 22nd. This is a 2,700-year-old meteor shower. So it's been observed by humanity for 2,700 years, which is pretty cool. Um, and it may be visible, but you're going to have to keep a lookout for the moon because as soon as the moon starts to rise – uh, it, it's, you're not going to really be able to catch, it's going to be pretty difficult and probably impossible to catch some meteors because that moon is still so luminous because it's coming out of that full moon into that half quarter. And with all that moonlight, which is really just reflected sunlight, uh, that can obscure any type of dim, dark, you know, dim, uh, dimmer stars. So with that being said, keep a lookout for that moon. But if you want to try and catch this meteor shower Thursday night, April 21st to the 22nd at 11 p.m. local time is when it's going to begin. Uh, this is like right around um, the time that you can start to catch maybe a few meteors. It starts to peak around 1 to 1.30 a.m. facing east. And then it should end right when that moon starts to rise at around 2.30 a.m. So I would say that's pretty good. It's this way you don't have to like wake up super late to, to catch it. You could actually just sort of stay up late and then go to bed pretty late. Um, if you wanted to catch this meteor shower, this is going to be uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. It'll be a little bit tricky to see elsewhere. But um, again, if you can catch that right on uh, at the same time, you will have a beautiful view of the Milky Way galaxy. Um, so you, the Milky Way is going to be stretched across the sky just below the meteor shower. So you have, if you get to a dark observing location, you might have an opportunity to see quite a lot more in the sky than just the meteors. It's then going to continue into Friday night, April 22nd to the 23rd at 11 p.m. again until moonrise, which is going to be now 3.30 a.m. So you got a little bit more time there. 
And then on April 24th, the moon is going to be passing five degrees south of Saturn. This is at 5 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Um, so again, you may not be able to catch it uh, depending on where you are because the sun may be still be up. But if you are on the opposite end of uh, of the time zone and it's evening time for you, you may be able to catch that. Then on April 25th, the moon passes four degrees south of Mars at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Alrighty, now for Earth Day, <laughs> April 22nd. Earth Day. The first Earth Day was held in 1970 in an effort to support environmental protection. And let's see. And, oh, okay. Sorry, I just went ahead and take, took a break just to kind of check out the, the chat. Um, let's see. Saturn is the faintest in the middle. Hector says, on the topic of Earth, check out this Mac app, which will uh, keep Keep your wallpaper updated with the latest images of Earth taken by the Ghost satellite. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. All righty. Going to download that. Thank you, Hector. Um, it's also called a fish moon. What? I did not know that. Uh, why, why is it called a fish moon if you happen to know Astro KV? And Picnic. I've got to do something. Sorry uh, to miss the rest of this live. Oh, Ramadan. I experienced Ramadan in Bangladesh. Uh, major- majority Muslim closed restaurants. Oh, my goodness. So you're what, we were listening from Bangladesh. That is so cool. Right on. Um, oh, he's not here in the chat anymore, but very, very cool. And if you're celebrating, happy Ramadan. Um, so... Uh, I'm going to kind of just take a moment to sort of read what I wrote here uh, about uh, Earth Day. And this came from a place of hearing a lot of pushback about um, kind of environmental protection and climate change and global warming discussions and how it's gotten so political. And that's just really caused a divide, I think, with just sort of clearly seeing and like like just not being biased and just sort of looking at like the fundamental actual science that's coming back, like the information that's being received and how we could move forward with it. Um, and so I'm just going to read it because I think that probably explains a lot better than sort of me trying to explain what I explained. So I'm going to go ahead and read this. All right. If you will allow me, I'd like to take a moment to discuss what that means. In my opinion, and this is in in reference to uh, Earth Day being uh, something that's held to support environmental protection, right? So a day of recognition. Let's start with what it's not. It's not an effort to hurt or hinder human success, innovation, or development. It's to challenge us in our development in those very things. In fact, if we can develop new technology that can both enhance socioeconomics, enterprise, and at the same time prolong habitability and comfortability of our planet and life on it, then we are properly supporting environmental protection. Because it's not about protecting Earth as if it's a separate entity. It is in every fundamental sense an extension of us. Or actually, we are an extension of it. So we are protecting human and animal life on it. We are an extension of Earth because we only exist because the Earth does. That's not to include or exclude God in the conversation, since we cannot deny how so much of humanity believes highly in something that may or may not have aided in the creation of our existence. However, we also can't deny that we do know what's needed is basically uh, for, for us to be alive or dead. So if you take away air, water, food, we die. Provide us proper temperatures, we live. So knowing that the conditions have been what's needed for life to exist on this planet, with its correct distance from our host star, the sun, life was able to develop 
over millions of years. So since life was able to exist, we have the chance to explore, to grow, to evolve, and to try new things, to develop new technologies and philosophies. We also see throughout history that since growing is in our very nature, why do we get uncomfortable when, sometimes when it comes to changing or challenging our ways of thinking, our ways of doing things? It might have to do with our craving to feel concrete in some way, but I think the sooner that we can realize nothing truly is concrete, not even concrete pavement itself, the sooner we can feel peace of mind in this ever-changing world that humanity will always cycle through over and over and over again. So all this being said, we collectively recognize changes happening climate-wise with our planet. It's just what it is. So the question we'll ask is how can we work with that information and move forward? Innovation, exploration, conscious and clear thinking, and focused planning. And then I shared a couple quotes. Uh, one is from John Adams, 1770, facts are stubborn things. The other is Carl Sagan, 1996. The dangers of not thinking clearly are much greater now than ever before. It's not that there's something new in our way of thinking. It's that credulous and confused thinking can be much more lethal in ways it never was before. So <laughs> I know that was probably a lot and it was like really long-winded. Again, it came from a place of just some kind of recent discussions I've been having uh, with different individuals. And um, there's just been so much argument in this area. And, and I, I find myself a lot of times like right at the forefront of it or right at the middle of it because of what I, I stand for, because of literally what I truly believe in and because of like what I represent or choose to represent by like making podcasts like this, by making content around space stuff and covering space launches. And and so I, I do open myself to these types of uncomfortable conversations. And uh, I, I used to really try to avoid it and stray from it, but I'm trying to learn and I am kind of learning just part of my own personal growth, um, how to have these conversations without really like wanting to just sort of end it because it's uncomfortable, but be uncomfortable and, and maybe be productive afterwards and come to a good conclusion with those who disagree with you. And it's, it's tricky. It is tricky. And, and, and I even put the God part in there because like just as much as I think well, a lot of us will say, oh, it's naive to think that we are the only living creatures in the universe. I think it's also naive to think that um, there aren't other possibilities that we don't yet understand. And this kind of idea of a greater entity, and I'm not going to even talk about religion here because I think religion is very separate and different than uh, spirituality and even just sort of the belief in some type of like force maybe even just greater force that isn't a human-like being uh, that that may have triggered, you know, like life itself. Like there's things that we sort of, not that I believe that, but I think that by ruling it out, we could be missing on some type of unknown that would could allow for us to actually get closer to some kind of answer. Um, and part of me actually wonders if there is, there's that we're actually not supposed to reach an answer, which is, I think, really interesting. Um, and the other thing, too, is like, as far as just like religion in general, how how much there has been a just societal impact of that in 
qu- quite a lot of negative ways, uh, I think really leads a lot of uh, people to just not want to take part in that. And, and, it's, and I think that that's a, um, yeah, really, really unfortunate thing. I've been watching the show on Netflix called Medici, and uh, it's really interesting. And you guys should definitely check it out uh, if you want to learn a little bit about um, Cosimo Medici. Uh, really, really interesting show. Um, so anyway, um, just going to check your messages. Awesome. So on point, nothing to add. Awesome. Right on. Uh, it's called, um, it's called a fish moon because of different types of fish. It chooses time to make yearly migration. That's so cool. I love that. See, this is why I, I love why there's different nicknames of, uh, the, you know, different kinds of full moon. I don't think there's ever been a nickname for a crescent moon though, or a waxing gibbous. Uh, for, for some reason, we just tend to ignore those. We just name the full moon phases. Um, and that's cool. It's usually along the lines of, uh, um, yeah, different things happening in nature. Strawberry moon. It's because this is the time to harvest strawberries. Uh, and harvest moon It's because that's when crops are, are usually ready to be harvested, you know, be pulled and be, be, you know, then sold and given to people to eat. Okay. So all of that, <laughs> we, we just kind of got through, um, we got some, some of our space events that are going on, uh, learn a little bit kind of about, uh, you know, ways you can check out the earth and some updated images and stuff. And then we're going to hop into finally our last thing, which is space history. Uh, oh, well, let me go into moon phase real quick. I, um, since I sent this out a few days late, I included two different moon phases here. One was from this past weekend, April 16th, 1.55 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time was the full pink moon. And then on April 23rd at 6.56 a.m. Eastern Daylight Time will be the third quarter moon. Alrighty. Uh, there are no deep sky objects visible this week. Also, by the way, I'm so sorry. I missed a, a deep sky object this over the weekend. So, uh, there, the next one is happening for week four of April. So it'll be towards the end of April. So keep a lookout for that one. So for space history, uh, I also kind of adjusted the dates here. April 15th, I didn't get to include it in the previous transmission, so I wanted to include it here. In 1779, Charles Messier discovered the spiral galaxy in Virgo known as M58. So really, really cool spiral galaxy. If you want to go ahead and check that out, that is when it was discovered was April 15th in 1779. Then on April 18th in 1790, 1790, not, oh my gosh, imagine 7090. What is, do you even think humanity is going to be around in the year 7,000? It's really wild to think about. Um, in 1790, Caroline Herschel discovered Comet Herschel C1790H1. This was her first comet she discovered. Uh, so this was a very exciting moment for Caroline Herschel. We did an episode previously. Uh, this was probably about a month ago where we spoke about the Herschels. So Caroline and William Herschel, brother and sister, astronomer and co- astronomers and comet hunters. And if you want to check out that episode, it was in our historical figures. Um, and yeah, really, really, really fascinating duo, I'd have to say. And Caroline Herschel became one of my new favorite um, uh, astronomers, probably it's space historical figures in the field of astronomy. On April 20th in 2004 was the launch of NASA's Gravity Probe B spacecraft. This was on board a Delta II rocket launched from Vandenberg Air Force Base. 
And it was a satellite experiment to test two unverified predictions of Einstein's theory of general relativity. Now, I did not look up any other details about that. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to just do it live. And we're going to check this out right now because I kind of want – I was a little curious of what some of the findings were um, about this. So I'm currently on Stanford News. And the title is Putting Relativity to the Test. NASA's Gravity Probe B experiment is one, one step away from revealing if Einstein was right. Uh, this was 2005 is when this was published. So, so let's see, about a year after the launch, a little less than a year, probably about like actually nine months. And it wanted to look at, uh, this is really, this is, I actually didn't know too much about the spacecraft, which I thought was like really cool. Um, maybe what we're going to do instead, uh, so this way I can actually be kind of prepare a little bit more on this is we'll do a kind of historical, I think I'm going to wrap up on historical figures this week and start doing historical launches because I think there's quite a lot of interesting stuff we could probably learn from previous launches that have happened and then what that would basically mean for present day and then future day. So I'm going to take a moment and write that down, historical launches. Um because there's just so many. Uh, add to Space Talk, recurring series. If you guys have any, do you have? Do you guys have any recommendations, by the way? I'd love to kind of take maybe, if you have any historical launch recommendations, I'd probably say like the space shuttles um, have quite a lot. And then I think like maybe like the first um, like satellite or space probe to sort of reach the sun would be an interesting one. Uh, another one is the Voyager missions. So anyway, so if you guys can think of any, please comment that. I'd love to sort of hear what you guys think and get your recommendations, but definitely I'm going to do uh, the Gravity Probe B. I think that's going to be a pretty funny one. I'm also curious as to why it's B. I wonder if there was a Gravity Probe A. And yeah, so... Moving forward, the last thing is on April 22nd in 1970 was the first Earth Day that was observed. Um, I shared a New York Times article uh, here, a well, actually a cover, cover of the New York Times. that says millions join Earth Day observances across the nation. Um, and this was just, yeah, such such an important moment. I think right around this time period too, if anyone was was around during the 70s, say what's up in the chat. Let us know. Let us know what it might have been like if you attended Earth Day. Uh, yeah, let me know. I'd be so curious to hear what it, what it was like because uh, I've been to uh, like Earth Day things in New York. So like like walks and then like I do like the walk for science, the march for science. So like marches and, and they're not necessarily protests, but it was more just like kind of observing Earth Day and saying, hey, this is really important. Hey, we should be paying attention to, you know, what we're learning with all these new missions, observing, you know, the Earth from space. How do we move forward? How can we fix this? How can we like, you know, do better as a society, as humanity, as the population of Earth? Like, you know, so I I'd, I would be so, so curious to sort of know what that was like. Uh, alrighty, Astro KV. Parker Solar Probe. Yes, I was thinking about that when I was typing in the first probe of, of the sun. Um, I think there may have been a spacecraft prior that that went to go visit the sun. So I'm going to actually put an asterisk there to check out. Because uh, I know the Parker Solar Probe was quite recently. I think that was like 2017, maybe 2016. 
And um, that was like really to, I think, analyze a lot more about the corona of the sun and possibly even like the the top layers. But I think there might have been a spacecraft before that tried to approach the sun. Um, and I'm curious to know what happened to it. So we're going to do that. I'm going to go ahead and bring up Gravity Pro B to the top. We'll make that one. Maybe maybe I'll do that tomorrow and I'll, I'll, I'll I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Either way. Alrighty, everyone. So I hope you all are doing well. I hope you guys get to go ahead and check out some of these events that are happening. Uh, you guys just all really inspired me right now for <laughs> doing the historical launches. And on top of that, too, exploring a little bit more about Earth Day. So um, if I don't talk to you the rest of the week, if I don't get to hear from you guys, uh, I hope you guys get to get outside, catch the meteor shower that's happening this week or try to. Um, again, if you want to know any more details about that, I will share some of the links in here for how you can generate your own sky chart. Everything really, Sky and Telescope magazine, just one of my favorite magazines, one of my favorite news sources for astronomy. Um, and you can learn a lot more details on there as far as like where your specific location is and where you specifically should face for the meteor shower. But for all of my other friends who did listen in, who are based in the Northern Hemisphere, Thursday night, April 21st until early morning, the 22nd. Just around uh, 1 a.m. is the peak of the meteor shower facing east. So I hope you guys get to catch that. Um, all the other celestial events, hope you get to do that too. And lastly, for Earth Day, um, do something. Make maybe like a commitment to yourself. Like, you know, whether it's like to get a re reusable coffee cup or to uh, make sure that you're like really recycling or to go to a beach cleanup and clean up like some, you know, plastic waste. They used to do that in Miami a lot. And it was astonishing how much fishing garbage there was like a lot of it would just be discarded into the oceans and it would wash up on the shore and it was it was really uh really kind of sad to see so i hope you guys get to maybe do something like that um just to kind of give back to our planet that uh, like is allowing for us to be alive literally uh so so let's let's give back take care of our planet and um, i hope you guys have a wonderful earth day all right everybody i hope you guys have a great rest of your day um Definitely follow up, send me some messages of any recommendations of space probes. And um, I did not see that Astro KV. I will check into that um, and look into that. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm, I just, yeah, I, I bet there's a lot of things in the news right now about that kind of stuff. So I will look into that. But either way, um, thank you all for being here. And I will catch you guys on the next episode of Space Talk. All right, everyone, take care, have a good day, and as always, ad astra.